Hi, my name is Paul Grogan and welcome to episode 20 of the All New Gaming Rules podcast. This episode is an audio version of the monthly video log which went out at the start of May 2022. This podcast is only possible thanks to the financial support of my Patreon campaign. So a huge thank you to all of my Patreon supporters for making it possible. And if you do enjoy this podcast and like the other content that I create and you want to support the channel directly, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash gaming rules. And now on with the show. Hi, my name's Paul Grogan and welcome to the Gaming Rules monthly video log for the month of May 2022. In this video log, as usual, I'm going to be talking about all of the games that I've been playing since the last video log, an update on everything else that I've been up to, uh, look forward to what's coming up in the future, a Patreon update and various other things. Now, before we start, and I don't want to dwell on this too much, but I just want to mention it before we jump into the details. Um, I've been recovering from COVID for the last couple of weeks and also my mental health has taken a massive uh, knock. I'm currently experiencing uh, one of the worst sort of uh, situations that I've got and uh, it's, it's actually been a huge amount of effort um, to, to, to even make this video log. Um, I, I always try to put on a, a brave face for the camera uh, but right now my stomach is churning, I'm hardly sleeping, I'm shaking all the time. And you might think, well, hang on a minute, Paul, <laughs> you, you need to take some time off. You need to take a rest. Um, and yeah, I, I totally agree uh, with, with people suggesting that. Um, but the way that my brain works is that the reason why I'm feeling like I am is because I'm overwhelmed by everything. And actually, although it's taken a huge amount of uh, willpower and, and, and effort to, to just sit down uh, and make myself look presentable to, to film this video log, I know that once it's done, I'm going to feel a whole lot better. So that's 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 why I'm doing it. Um, but yeah, anyway, let's let's move on and let's talk about all of the games that I've been playing since the last video log, which I think is quite a lot. So sit comfortably because I think this might be a long one. And some of these have been a while ago. Um, <laughs> and I say with being ill, my memory is even worse than it was. So games played from the 5th of April right up to the present day, which is well, it's the 11th of May now but let's call this yesterday, 10th of May. So um, I did a, a video, of, uh, this is online, I did Concordia Digital. Now Concordia is a brilliant game, I absolutely love Concordia, I've spoken about it loads on the channel before, and the digital implementation is very good. So I got together uh, with Tom Heath from Slicker Drips and Alex, uh, one of my patron supporters, uh, and we did a live stream where we played through Concordia Digital using one of the different maps, and using the Salsa expansion with the forum tiles. So that's on the channel now if you're interested in checking that out. Um, the digital implementation of Concordia I personally think is really good and I'm glad that they've been adding all of the different maps and expansion sets uh, in there. So yeah, if you're interested in Concordia Digital or seeing how it plays, that video is on the channel. And yeah, Concordia is a game which I don't think I'll ever be very good at, but it's just one that I really enjoy playing because it's, it's elegance. I mean, elegance is the word to sum up Concordia. The rules are relatively simple, but the gameplay is really interesting. And it always changes slightly depending on the actions of the other players um, and obviously which map you're playing and things like that. And the forum tiles, I remember playing with the forum tiles before, you know, when they came out. 
but then I hadn't played with them for a while and they weren't in the digital version when the digital version came out. But the forum tiles had a really nice twist to the game. Um, if you don't know what they are, they basically, whenever you do the Tribune action, you get to take a forum tile and some of the forum tiles are one-off abilities and some of them are ongoing abilities. And I think you start with one of the forum tiles as well. So it gives the game a little bit of asymmetry with players having some slightly individual powers. Anyway, Concordia, digital version, really good. On the 8th of April, I did a three-player game of Dead Reckoning. So, uh, we were basically having, uh, on the, the day afterwards, on the weekend, we were, we, we, we'd planned a big, long, all-day game of Euthea. And Mark Perry had come down to join us for that Euthea game. So, on the Friday night, he got here on the Friday, and we did a game of Dead Reckoning. So, it was me, Rob, uh, and Mark. Now, I worked on the rulebook for Dead Reckoning quite a while ago. And this video's on the channel. If you want to see the three-player game play out... Uh, it, it's on the channel now. Mark had played it recently, and I don't think Rob had played it, but I think he'd, he'd read the rulebook. Um, and Dead Reckoning has just been released. It was a Kickstarter game only, so you can't get it at retail, but backers have been getting their copies over the last uh, month or so. Uh, and it's really, really popular. It's AEG's most popular game, it's John D. Clare's most popular game, and it's getting a lot of buzz at the moment, and I'm hearing a lot of people talking about it. I was professionally involved in the project, as in I helped write the rulebook for the game, um, but my opinion on the game is it's a really solid game, and it deserves all the praise it can get. It takes the card crafting mechanism that we've seen in Mystic Veil vale and Edge of Darkness, but it's more thematic. Now, there's nothing wrong with Mystic Veil. Vale. I like Mystic Veil, vale, but even, you know, John Declare himself, the designer, says Mystic Veil vale is a pretty much an abstract game. Whereas in Dead Reckoning, your 12 cards that are in your deck represent your 12 crew members. And when you level them up and when you are crafting cards to make those cards better, what you're doing is your crew is actually gaining experience. It actually works thematically. And the fact that you never add cards to your deck or remove cards from your deck, it's always the same 12 cards, represents that they are the crew on your ship. And it just it just works really well. But yeah, Dead Reckoning is a, is a massive game. Big box, loads of stuff in there. Um, and yeah, it plays really nicely. Now, I also played the solo game, but I'll talk about that later on. But the three-player game worked out really well. I played terribly. I, I did really badly in the game. I was trying to concentrate on, obviously, the stream, uh, trying to remember the rules and everything else, but I also played quite badly. One of the things that I did in the game is I didn't get enough sails onto my ships, uh, onto my ship, which meant whenever I was uh, travelling around, if I had any amount of cargo on my ship, it was really um, slow. So you need to buy these upgrades that get you the sails. Now, to buy the upgrades, you need the bosun at level 3. So you can't buy these upgrades from early on in the game. And it was one quirk of the game that I sort of queried afterwards. I said, well, these upgrades seem essential. However, you can only get them if you get your bosun, and only if you get your bosun to level 3. Surely then that is forcing every player down that route of you must get the bosun to level 3 in order to get the upgrades. Anyway, I've spoken to other people since, and they said, no, you can do well without any of the upgrades. It is a little trickier, but that is just one of the things that you can do. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm happy about that, because certainly from my experience of playing that game, it seemed like the upgrades were essential, but apparently they're, they're not. So again, that's on the channel now if you're interested in seeing a three-player uh, playthrough of Dead Reckoning. And I'll talk about the solo in a minute. Next up is the Saturday. So, as part of the new crowdfunding campaign for Euthea, which unfortunately has been cancelled, um, I'd agreed to do basically an all-day playthrough of the game. Because there's a lot of videos out there for Euthea, but most of the videos that are online for Euthea are solo or two-player games. 
Now, Euthia is one of those big, heavy, complex games that will take you all day to play. We, we, were, we were planning to play a four-player defending the settlement. It would have been eight hours, right? Now, I'm not going to skirt around the issue of the playtime with this game. What it shows you in the rulebook, it's a little bit like Through the Ages, in that Through the Ages says one hour per player, and you're like, no way, no way whatsoever. However, once you have played it a lot, you can play through a full game of Through the Ages, a three-player game in three hours. You can. And it's the same with Euthea. The printed playtime of Euthea is only when you're really, really experienced with the game. So, we were going to do a four-player game. Unfortunately, we didn't manage to get all four players, so we did a three-player game, and it took us about six hours. Now, I know for a lot of people, the thought of playing a six-hour game is like, oh, I'm never going to do that. It's way too long. For me, if the time and the place is right and the game is right, I have no problem with it. And that game that we played, it was me, Mark, and it was Rick, and we played a three-player game of defending the settlements, and it took us about six hours. Um, we did have a couple of breaks in between, but once I'd edited those out, and the video's on the channel now, if you want to see a six-hour playthrough of Defending the Settlements scenario for Euthia, it is on the channel now. Um, and it's great. I, I don't mind for certain games putting that amount of time into it. And for me, there wasn't any downtime. Now, I know for some people, when they're playing these multiplayer games, they feel, oh, when it's not my turn, I'm not really doing anything. But for me, I'm always engaged with what's going on in the game. When it's not my turn, I'm planning what to do next turn, but also I'm interested in what the other people are doing. That partially is because I'm generally known as the sort of the rules expert in the group. So I tend to have to watch what other people are doing on their turn to make sure they're playing by, by the correct rules. But yeah, for me, I really enjoyed it. Now, touching on Euthea, I don't want to go into too many details about it. It is a bit sad as to what's happened, um, and I don't fully understand the situation. But it appears that the crowdfunding campaign for it was, was cancelled and the company is going to close down. There's a lot of talk about this on the internet and there's various discussions and people have done videos on it. I'm not going to touch on it here other than to say I got to know the guys behind the Euthea project and I worked with them professionally on it and it's really sad. It's a solid game, it's a really solid game and I think they deserved all the success that they were getting and it looked like it was all doing well. But yeah, it was a it was a a big surprise to me when five hundred thousand pound raised, they they cancelled the campaign and have announced that the the company is 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 going to close, and they might not even have enough money to pay their own bills and might lose their houses and things like that. And it's like it's so sad and it's so upsetting to see all of their hard work they've put into it. Um, and again, I'm not going to go into all of the details because I don't fully understand or know all of the details. It's just really sad. Anyway, um, we finished that game and we went out for dinner and then uh, Rick went home and Mark stayed over. Mark was staying over and heading back on the Sunday morning because it was a bit too late for him to drive all the way home. So me and Mark did some two-player games on the Saturday night. And these were live-streamed. These were live-streamed to patron supporters. This wasn't a public stream. We were just playing some games for fun. We did two games of War Chest and we did three games of Mindbug. So, my opinions on War Chest is it's an absolutely fantastic game. Uh, designed by David Thompson and Trevor Benjamin, who are probably most famous now for the Undaunted series of games. Um, but War Chest, for me, is, is a better game. Now, the reason I'm saying that is War Chest is very much like bag-building chess. Undaunted is a great game, but it does have dice in it. Um, and, obviously, the dice for resolution 
is part of the game and that's how it works. But for me, War Chest is a bit more pure and it's very tactical. And being as somebody who doesn't really enjoy playing chess, War Chest is, is fantastic. I really, really enjoy War Chest. Um, and there is an available, it is available online on one of the uh, board game playing websites. Need to play more of it. Um, and then we played Mindbug, just a nice little few few games of that. Mindbug is a really nice little dueling card game. Uh, which I've done a video on it um, before, and yeah, I think that's going to be coming out at some point soonish. So yeah, that that was good. Next up on the thirteenth of April, let's just have a bit of a drink. Thirteenth of April, I started my solo playthrough series for Perseverance. So on the thirteenth of April, I did a solo playthrough of Episode One, and then on the eighteenth of April, I did a solo playthrough of Episode Two. Both of those videos were sponsored by Mindclash Games as part of uh, the agreement that I made with Mindclash to cover the game. I've basically done proper full how to play videos for episode one and episode two. And for the solo mode, I've done solo playthroughs of episode one and episode two. Because they were part of the sponsored um, work, I will give you my thoughts on the game, but just, just bearing in mind that it, it, it was a sponsored video. So the solo mode for Perseverance episode one and episode two was I think a shared design. I think David Turtsy gets all of the credit, um, but John Albertson did a lot of the heavy lifting as well. I don't exactly know the proportion of work between them two, between the both of them, and I should have probably asked them before doing this video because I know both of them. Um, but let's just say it was a it was a shared design between those two, and other people were helping as well. And the solo mode in it is extremely detailed and extremely clever, and it tries to simulate another player. Well, in fact, it simulates two other players. What you do in the solo mode uh, of both episode one and episode two is you're playing against two dissenters. So there's actually, you're not just playing a two-player game, you're playing a three-player game. Um, and there are a series of cards, and the cards basically simulate the actions that the other players will take. Now, many of you will know that my personal preference for solo games is that I don't generally enjoy a complex AI. And that is because the amount of mental energy that I have to expend in working out what the AI player is going to do actually detracts from my enjoyment of the game. I find that I'm not enjoying the game myself because I'm having to deal with the overhead. Now that's a total personal preference, okay? Putting that aside, I'm able to look at the solo design and say that it is very clever and it is very well designed. It is just detailed and relatively complex. Now, I struggled when I first was learning the solo mode of the game, but once I'd played it a couple of times, I was like, oh, actually, this, this actually goes quite smoothly, okay? Once you've been through it once or twice, and other people that have played it, I've spoken to have had exactly the same experience. The first time they do it, they're having to look at a card and go, okay, so I'm following that arrow, it's doing that, but there's a tiebreaker, so I'm looking at that icon to see which order I'm doing it in. Right, okay. And the first time you go through it, you will have to be referring to the rule book and checking out a few things. But once you've done that, I mean, even at the end of my first game of it, I was like, okay, flip a card, it does that, it's moving that, that goes there, take that dice, put that there. Yeah. Okay, now, as I say, that's not my personal preference in solo modes, but it is very well designed. Uh, there is, unfortunately, some issues with the rulebook. Um, so if you do have Perseverance and you are looking to play the solo game, I would strongly recommend watching my video, especially for episode two. Uh, episode one wasn't so bad. 
But episode two rulebook, they have agreed there's quite a few errors in there and it needed quite a bit of work. So yeah, definitely check out my solo playthrough for episode two. Right, moving on. 15th of April, three-player game of Bitoku. Why am I covering Bitoku again on the channel? Because it's probably my favourite game of last year. I really, really enjoy Bitoku. I, I just love the game. I think it's a fantastic game. Um, so I did a three-player game of it on the 15th of April, and that is on the channel now. And that is purely because I've, I've got the game, and I, and I thought, before the 15th, I thought, this is one of my favourite games of, of 2021. I don't know exactly where it sits in my favourite games of 2021, so I need to play it again. And after playing it again, I said to myself, yeah, this is definitely my favourite game of last year. That's not to say that there aren't some other great games from last year, but Bitoku is my favourite. That's on the channel if you're interested in seeing that. It isn't the first time I've covered it on the channel. Uh, but yeah, it's really good. And to answer the questions of, have I played the Bitoku solo mode? I haven't. And see my previous comments on solo modes that I just talked about five minutes ago. I am a little concerned that the solo mode for Bitoku is of a similar complexity. And therefore, I'm not sure I'm going to enjoy it that much. Even though I actually love the game of Bitoku. Right, next up uh, was a family gathering at Vicky's parents. This feels so long ago. It was the 16th of April. It feels like three months ago. Um, but yeah, over the weekend of the 16th of April, we went to Vicky's parents. I think it was a mum's birthday. Uh, it was Easter weekend and we went there. And while I was there, I did manage to get a couple of games played. So the first one I played is Micro Macro Crime City, which to be honest, I didn't actually play myself. So Vicky's sister uh, has got a couple of kids and they were at a bit of a loose end for 10 or 15 minutes and they weren't sure what to do. Now, they do play some games in the family, but I said, well, I've, I've brought a game that I think could be quite good for them. So basically, I got out that and I laid the map out and, and they all jumped in. So the whole, the whole family jumped in, uh, CJ, Malcolm and, and the two kids, Holly and Alex, uh, and they really enjoyed it. They really enjoyed it to the point where they messaged me afterwards and said, what was it called again? Because we want to buy a copy. So I didn't actually play in that game, but I did... I did run the game. Now, what's interesting about Micro Macro Crime City is there's a basic version and there's an advanced version. And the first time me and Vicky played it, we just played the basic version because that's that's the rules as they are. And I remember posting about it and somebody on a forum somewhere said, uh, oh, you should really try the advanced mode. It, it's much better. And I'm like, advanced mode? I didn't even know there was an advanced mode. So I went to the back of the rule book and I found the advanced mode. So me and Vicky then played another game with the advanced mode and for us, being expert detectives who really enjoy things like Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective and things like that, um, we both felt that it was a much, much, much better game. The basic game is actually pretty simple because what happens in the basic game is you get a card and it says, oh, find the crime scene. You know, here's a clue. It, it's, it's the man with the rabbit on his head. So you look for the man with the rabbit on his head and you go, it's there. And you turn the card over and it says, yes. And then you reveal the next card and it says, which shop has he just been to? So the, the, you then look back and you find out which shop he was in, okay, and you do that. In the advanced mode, you get the initial card and that's it. You get nothing else whatsoever. And you literally have to just look at the big map, look at the puzzle and try and work out the entire case and what's happened and who's gone where and why they've done it and everything else with no clues and no information. So the reason I'm explaining this is for them, I gave them the choice. I said, you've got the basic mode or you've got the advanced mode. I said, I think the advanced mode is a much, much better mode. And I think knowing you, 
I think you'd be okay with it. Do you want to try the advanced mode? And they went, yeah. And I said, well, we'll try the advanced mode, but if you get really stuck, we can switch back to the basic mode. And they said, no, 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 that's fine. We'll try the advanced mode. Um, and they did the case with the tennis player. I don't want to say too much because of spoilers and stuff. Um, but they, they did the case with the tennis players and they did it on the advanced mode and they worked it all out. And they said, yeah, that was really good. So yeah, if you have Micro Macro Crime City and you don't know about the advanced mode, check out the advanced mode. Next up is, uh, oh, on the same day, we also played uh, Marvel Splendor. Now I've never played Marvel Splendor. I did help work on the rulebook for the game. Um, and then I got sent a copy of the game a couple of years ago for working on the rulebook for it, but I've never actually got around to playing it. Um, and, and, you know, Malcolm's a, a, a big Marvel fan and everything else. So we, we played Marvel Splendor. Um, it is very much like Splendor, but it does have a couple of tweaks to it. Um, and I felt it, it worked quite well. The only concern I had with the game is the card balance. Now, being a Euro gamer, I want all of my cards to be balanced. And in Marvel Splendor, and I don't know if it's the case in Normal Splendor, but it did feel a little unusual. And let me know if you've experienced this. But you get a card and it costs a certain amount and it's worth a certain amount of points. And then you get another card that's worth exactly the same amount of points, but costs more. I mean, not just a different cost, but actually more. So this card will cost three red and a yellow and be worth one point. And then this other card will be worth three red, two yellow and a white and still only be worth one point with no other icons, no other symbols, no other anything. So literally an exact copy of the card, but one costs more. And that makes me uncomfortable. I, I, I don't like that in games and I'm never quite sure why it's done because I'm of the opinion that everything should be balanced. If something costs more, it should be worth more or it should have a special icon or something like that. Um, but anyway, I, I didn't enjoy the game. Um, but yeah, that, I'd not played Splendor for a while, so it was a bit bit slow to get going and even though I taught them how to play and even though when teaching them how to play I remember saying you can't have more than 10 chips at the end of your turn you have to throw the excess away we then played the entire game with me uh, and David Vicky's dad <laughs> just collecting these chips uh, and I remember I think it was Malcolm who, who said well hang on a minute, what, what happens if there's no chips left? And I said, well, that won't happen. We're going to spend some eventually. And actually, we we were cheating. We, we were collecting. We didn't win. Malcolm won in the end. Um, so it didn't actually matter. But it's just really weird the fact that I taught them how to play. I said that rule and then we all played it and two of us completely forgot that rule. And we were quite often sitting on like 14, 15 chips. Um, but yeah, it clearly didn't win. Right, moving on. Uh, I've talked about Perseverance Solo Episode 2. Bacon. Board Game Convention. Bacon is a UK board game convention that's been running for about 30 years or so. Um, and it's near me. It's about 15 minutes down the road in Exeter. And I go to it every year. Of course, we've missed a couple of years because of COVID, but I was very much looking forward to it. And I played a whole bunch of games there. And I pretty much pre-planned all of the games that I wanted to play because... I wanted to go there and I didn't want to get there and go, oh, what should we play? Oh, should we play this? Oh, I'm not sure. What about that? I'm not sure about this. And end up getting involved in a game that maybe I didn't quite want to play. I mean, that rarely happens anyway, but I'm more comfortable with going there with an idea in my mind of these are the games that I wanted to play. So I actually planned pretty much most of my schedule was uh, three games of Anunnaki, two games of Burn Cycle, Bitoku, um, 
Boone Lake, and yeah, that was it. Now, for various reasons, the Boone Lake didn't happen, and I ended up doing For Sale, Autorama, and So Clover as well, and Just One. In fact, I've not got just one on this list. Um, but mostly, I played the games that I, I wanted to play. So let's let's talk about Anunnaki first. Anunnaki was uh, a new game coming from Cranio Creations. It was on. Uh, it did go on to Kickstarter on the twenty sixth of April. So the day after Bacon, it went live on Kickstarter. But they they pulled it. The Kickstarter campaign wasn't doing so well, so they pulled it. Uh, and it's now got a new date. It's going back on Kickstarter on the 16th of May. So what day is it now? 11th. Five days time. It's going back on Kickstarter. Um, now, I agreed to run some demo games of Anunnaki at Bacon because I really like the game. Okay. Now, I know that I did a tutorial and playthrough, which was a sponsored video for the game, which was on the Kickstarter page and will be on the Kickstarter page again. And it's on my channel now if you want to see how it plays out. But I enjoyed the game so much that I wanted myself to play it more. So I arranged to do three demo games of it at Baycom with the benefit of I get to play the game again because I really enjoy the game, but also I was kind of doing it as a favour for both Cranio Creations and for people who wanted to play it because the benefit of the people who played the game with me at Bacon got to try the game to know whether they would enjoy it or not before backing it. And I'm a very big believer in try before you buy. And you can watch playthrough videos and everything else. But I enjoy the fact that I went to Bacon and I gave a certain, you know, a, a, a number of people the opportunity to try the game beforehand so that they could see how it plays out. Um, and yeah, as I say, it's a shame that the Kickstarter was pulled, but I can see the reasons why, and I'm hoping it does well when it goes back to Kickstarter um, later on this week. Five days' time. Yeah. So that's Anunnaki. Next up, Burn Cycle. So I'm actually going to talk about Burn Cycle uh, afterwards, because I actually did a video of this with uh, Ricky Royal from Box of Delights on the Monday after Bacon. So I played two games of it at Bacon. The first one was a two-player game with Dylan on the Thursday, where we were basically... We were learning the game from the rulebook. Um, it was a slow game, we were checking things, but it was very much a learning experience. Then, on the Friday, uh, me and Dylan got together again with Luke Hector from Broken Meeple, and we played a full three-player game of it. We did a two-floor mission, and that went a lot smoother because we'd put in all of the time and effort to learn it. Um, but I'll talk about Burn Cycle more later once I've covered the game with, with Ricky. But yeah, I played two games of it at Baycom. Uh, then I played Bitoku, which was fantastic. And yeah, I've talked about Bitoku more. None of these games, by the way, are on the channel because this is me at a board game convention playing games. So it wasn't live streamed. But I played Bitoku, uh, which I've already mentioned. My game of the year from last year was really good. Then I played For Sale Autorama, which I think is... It's here. Yeah, it's here propping up this. I'll come on to these later on, by the way. Um, so For Sale Autorama is basically... For Sale is one of those great little filler games that I absolutely love that I didn't have a copy of. Now, thankfully, Eagle Griffin are one of my clients and they did a new version of it recently, For Sale Autorama, which is the main game of For Sale, but it also has the expansion in, which turns it into a three-round game. Now, some people have said to me, don't bother with the third round, just play the main game of For Sale um, because they don't like the extra expansion. Now, you can do that with this. You can just cross out round one and just play rounds two and three. Um, 
but we, we played it and it, yeah it was fine it, it was different and I can see that it adds to the game but if you want something a little bit simpler and the core game of For Sale is, is very simple you can just play rounds two and three so I don't think it says that in the rules as an as an option but you can totally do that with that version of the game so yeah very much enjoyed that For Sale is a really good game and then because we had a bit of spare time we played So Clover now I've never played So Clover but I've heard lots and lots of people saying really, really good things about it. And in a similar way to Just One, Just One is a game which I'd heard lots of people talking about and I hadn't played and they tried explaining it to me and I went, that sounds silly. And then I actually played it and went, this is amazing. Exactly the same with So Clover. Really, really good game. Extremely clever. And I definitely need to get myself a copy of it because it was just brilliant if you don't know so clover it is a fully cooperative game but each player basically creates their own puzzle with these cards writing clues on something and then they give the cards and the clues to the other players and the other players have to work out which cards went where that's essentially what it is but it's really really clever um in, in, in the way that it works. So yeah, very, very much enjoyed that game. And on one of the nights, we played um, Letter Jam. So I think it was the Friday night. Was it the Friday night or the Saturday night? I think it was the Friday night. Yeah, because Saturday I left early because I was ill. Um, so Friday night, we played, uh, we played a very late game of Letter Jam and it was Letter Jam Extreme. We were, it was probably the best game of Letter Jam I've ever had because Letter Jam, whether it's a party game or not, I don't know, because it's very thinky, and we played it to a level where we were playing by the rules of the game, but we were being very, very clever within the rules of the game. Um, I was teaching it to a couple of people who hadn't played it before, but the, the rest of us that have played it, and yeah, it was just brilliant. It's really hard to describe. Um, how it went, especially if you don't know the game, but you are limited and restricted on the amount of clues that you can give. But we were being very creative within those clues, and it was it was a fantastic game. I really enjoyed the game, um, not just from the game's point of view, but the group that I was playing with was all friends, and we had a really good time. Finally, on the Sunday of Bacon, so Bacon closes at noon on the Sunday. Now I'd left uh, early on the Saturday because I really wasn't feeling well. Uh, this is when Covid started, by the way. Um, we'll come on to that in a minute. But I, I left early on the Saturday with a pounding headache and not feeling well. And I came home. And the plan was that Luke Hector, who was at Bacon, uh, he drives past my house on his way home from Bacon. So I said, well, why don't you uh, spend the morning at Bacon and then when Bacon closes around noonish, come to my house on the way home and we'll have a game of Ark Nova. Me and, me and Luke both love Ark Nova. We've played it before on the channel and that's what we agreed to do. Now, bearing in mind that a number of people at Bacon tested positive for COVID on the Saturday and Sunday. And I said to Luke, I'm really not feeling that well, um, but I did a test and I was negative. And Luke had, Luke had had COVID a couple of months ago anyway. So Luke took the risk and he came round uh, and we did a live stream. So that's on the channel. If you want to see me and Luke playing Ark Nova on the stream, uh, on the channel that that is on there now in fact I made a joke during the stream 
that uh, we've both just spent the last three days at a board game convention where lots of people have COVID and maybe we've got COVID. And then I came down with COVID. Luke didn't get it though, which, which is good. Um, but yeah, great game of Ark Nova. Re very much enjoy Ark Nova. It's just, it's just not the game of the year for me for last year. So this is Paul in the editing studio, just telling you about three other games that I played at Bacon, which I completely forgot to add to my list um, when I was writing this video log. But I've since been through my photos on my camera and realised that, uh, yeah, there were three other games that I played at Bacon, which I forgot to talk about. So the first one of those is Brian Boru, uh, which I have already covered on the channel and I did want to play it again. Now, I did enjoy the game of Brian Boru. Um, it's very clever in the way that it works. It's a Pierce Sylvester design published by Osprey Games. Um, I'm not sure I want to play it again though. So I've played it enough times now that whilst there are parts of the game that I respect and I appreciate and I think they are, they are a good design, for me, and there's something about the game that I just don't, I, I don't get. And I, it, it's hard to try and summarise because I'm fully aware that there are lots of people who've played this game and it's really popular. And as I say, mechanically, I, I like the game. I think it's very clever in the way that it works. But in the games that I've played, I've found that quite a bit can swing on a small thing. So it doesn't take much in the game to shift the balance quite a bit one way or the other. Um, and that's, that's the experience that I've had with the game. As I say, I, this is based on three plays. I think I've played it three times. Um, and, and I'm not very good at the game. I've, I've, I've probably come last in every game that I've played, I think. Certainly I came last in the game at, uh, at Bacon. But it's just one of those ones that either there is a problem with the game and people aren't seeing it, or more likely there's just something about the game that doesn't sit comfortably with me. But as I say, I'm, I'm, I'm confusing myself with this one because on one hand I'm saying it is a good design, it is a clever design, and it is a good game. And then on the other hand I'm saying, hmm, I'm not sure about this, something's not quite right with it. Uh, the rulebook for Brian Borrow is unfortunately, mm, it's not great. There's, there's definitely some things in there which, which are not clear. And that did kind of hurt the learning of the game a little bit. But I've, I've been through that process now. Um, and I taught the game to others and it, it's it's interesting because uh, I know some people played this at Gridcon and absolutely loved it and then came back and played it again and other people at, at Gridcon played it and really didn't didn't get it at all and as I say I, I've played the game and I've enjoyed the game it's just there's something about it doesn't sit quite right with me and I'm not sure what it is. Another game that I played at Bacon is Capital Lux 2. Now again this is another game that I've covered on the channel. I am a fan of Capital Lux 1 and as I found out when I covered Capital Lux 2, it isn't really a sequel. It's basically the same game, but with um, 16 different powers instead of four. Um, and it, it's, it's a relatively simple card game is Capital Lux, but it's extremely clever. Um, the way that you play the cards and the way that the different powers work together. Yeah, I'd, I'd, if you don't know anything about Capital Lux 2, I would recommend going to my channel and having a look for the playthrough of Capital Lux 2 that I did Oh, I can't remember now. It was probably sometime last year, but it's it's um it's one of those under under the radar games. Uh, and I taught it to a few people, and I think everybody liked it and said, yeah, this is a really good game. And the fact that Capital Lux Two comes with, as I say, sixteen different powers, so you've got all sorts of different combinations of uh, of what you want to do. Every game will be slightly different. And the final game that I played at Bacon, which I forgot to talk about here, is Imperial Steam. 
Imperial Steam is one of those games that I, I mentioned earlier that I like to plan what I'm going to do. And I wanted to go to Bacon knowing that I was going to be playing some really good games. And Imperial Steam, for me, is one of those games that... Well, I'll be honest with you, I think it's probably my second favourite game of 2021. It was almost my favourite game of 2021. I just think it is a very, very solid game. It is an economic Euro game with a train theme, and it just plays beautifully. Um, there's a lot about it that I enjoy. There's enough about it that makes it different from most other games in, in that genre, even though you look at the board and you think, oh yeah, building railways, putting things on the board, building stations. Yeah, I've played games like this before. It, it does things a little bit differently. Um, and I, I, I do very much enjoy Imperial Steam. Um, yeah, so I played a game of that and I, I went with a strategy of, what was strategy I went with? I can't remember, it didn't work. I didn't do very well, um, but I definitely tried a particular a particular strategy just to just to try it out and see what would happen and it didn't work but yeah imperial steam is a game that i mean i'm saying this right now knowing it's not going to happen but i want to play imperial steam at least 10 15 times because i think it's that good of a game um for me it, it's it's a close tie between that and bitoku for the game of the year for last year but anyway um they are the other games that i played at bacon that i forgot to talk about so on the monday ricky royal came over and we played burn cycle now I did another COVID test on the Monday morning and I said to Ricky, I said to the Ricky, I said, look, I've got a sore throat. I'm feeling okay. The illness that I had on the Saturday was down to lack of sleep. Uh, I, I had a migraine, I was feeling sick and I, and I was totally exhausted. And then on the Sunday, I was actually feeling a little bit better. So I said to Ricky, I said, look, I've just been at a board game convention where half of the people there have now got COVID. I've got a little bit of a sore throat, but I've tested negative this morning do you still want to come round? And Ricky said, yep, yeah, he'll come round. It's a little bit of a risk, but but he will do that. The day after I came down properly with COVID, Ricky avoided it. So thankfully, because I would have felt terrible if he'd have got it. Um, yeah, so Ricky came over and we did Burn Cycle. Now, that is on the channel now. So if you want to see me and Ricky doing a full game of Burn Cycle, two player, which is a tutorial and a playthrough video, that is on the channel now. Go and check that out. Um, let me talk now about Burn Cycle. Burn Cycle is, is the latest game from Chip Theory Games. Now, Chip Theory Games in the past have done Too Many Bones. They've done Cloudspire. They've done Hoplomarchus. Uh, they've got the new Hoplomarchus coming. And Burn Cycle is their latest big box, massively high quality production game with a very unique theme. And it has the Chip Theory Games DNA running all the way through it. And you can see that from both the... Um, the, the quality of the components, the quality of the how it's all put together, just the, 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 the packaging of the game, not just the packaging, but, you know, the way that the game is presented, everything about it, you look at it and you know that it's a Chip Theory Games game straight away. But also, it has that Chip Theory Games DNA in the gameplay. In other words, there are so many different special abilities uh, that, that change the way that the game will play. So Too Many Bones has that, Cloudspire has that, it has all of these keywords and everything else. Um, Burn Cycle has a lot fewer keywords, it only has like five or six maybe keywords, but it has so many different bots that you can choose, each of which has its own unique special abilities. And one thing that I absolutely love about Chip Theory Games is their creativity in how their different characters that they have in their games work. And you can see this in Too Many Bones, 
and you can see this in Cloud Spire and you see it in Burn Cycle. It isn't just, oh, well, you're a bot, you've got three movement and two attack. What have you got? Oh, you've got four movement, but only one attack. All oh, right, okay, no. What they do is they put so much effort and imagination into designing each individual character to play in a certain way and to break the rules in a weird and wonderful way. So one of the games that we played at Bacon, for example, uh, Luke chose, I think it's Transmitter. So you've, you've got the rules of the game, you've learned the rules of the game, and Burn Cycle is a heavy game. It's a complex game, there's a lot of rules and there's a lot going on. And you learn all of the rules of the game, and then Luke says, I'm going to play Transmitter. Well, how does that work? Well, you know all of those rules that we just mentioned about how guards see you in hallway? Forget that. They don't see me. I'm so small and insignificant, I blend in with the background. Okay, right. Now, you know all of those rules about movement? Yeah, well, forget those. They don't apply to me. I can't move myself unless it's an optimised action. Well, how do you move then? Well, I just grab onto somebody else. So basically, that particular bot, whenever you play them, they generally don't move themselves. But if anybody next to them moves away, they go, oh, and, and grab onto their leg and follow them along. And that's what I'm saying about the game, is that no two games of Burn Cycle will play the same unless you choose exactly the same bots. But you don't. You choose different bots which have different special abilities. Um, so yeah, Burn Cycle is, is a very interesting game. It does have the problem, and I'm going to call it a problem, that you need to invest a lot of time and effort into learning the game to be comfortable with it so that it will flow well. Burn Cycle is not the kind of game that you can go after three or four months, oh, do you fancy a game of Burn Cycle? Oh yeah, let's just pick it up off the shelf, get it out and play it. You need to put in that time and effort and you need to learn it. And by the time that I'd played what, two games at Bacon and then the third one on the Monday, it was flowing well and I was absolutely loving it and it really, really flows well once you've got it. But it's been a few weeks since I've played Burn Cycle now and if I got it out again, it wouldn't flow as smoothly. So I, I, I'm calling it a problem. It's not a problem if you are the kind of person that will put in the time and effort and invest into playing the game and you play the game regularly and repeatedly, you will get out of it what the game deserves, which is a really enjoyable experience. It can also run very long, exactly the same as all of Chip Theory's other games, Too Many Bones, Cloud Spire and The Burn Cycle, I find run twice as long as the printed time on the box. It's not a problem, I don't mind that, I think those games are worth uh, that amount of time and effort, um, but yeah, they, they are quite heavy, complex, long games. So yeah, Covid. Now, as I mentioned, a number of other people at Bacon got COVID. Quite often, uh, quite a lot of them posted, te posted, te 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 tested positive on the Sunday and then went home. Um, and the rest of them tested positive on the Monday. Now, I didn't test positive until the Tuesday morning. So on the Monday, when Ricky came over, I sat with Ricky for about five hours playing the game, maybe six. And then we had dinner together and he didn't get COVID. However, on the Tuesday, I, I came down with it. Now, the signs were there. I was I was feeling very rough at various times in Bacon, but that was very, that was because of various other health issues that, that I had going on at the time. But yeah, I got COVID. And I, I don't want to talk too much about COVID here because this is just, this is a summary of all of the games that I've been playing, but it did knock me out of action for quite a bit. So moving on to the games, the next game that I played was the 4th of May Star Wars Day. Rick has recently bought a copy of Star Wars Rebellion. Star Wars Rebellion, I've never played, and everybody has been telling me that the game's fantastic. So we'd agreed 
a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away that on Star Wars Day this year, Rick would come over and we'd play Rebellion. Now, Rick didn't come over, but we still played Rebellion. We used Tabletop Simulator because I was still testing positive for COVID. Um, so unfortunately, I was still testing positive like eight or nine days on, and I still had a really bad cough. And I, I don't think I had any other symptoms. I was exhausted, but most of the other symptoms had gone. Anyway, I have now played Star Wars Rebellion. My thoughts on the game? Brilliant. I mean, I knew I was going to enjoy it. And I say I, I knew I was going to enjoy it because so many people had told me how good the game was that I went into it knowing that this is probably a very good game and came out of it going, this is a very good game and I definitely want to play it again. Now, we just used, we used the base set, we didn't use the expansion, and we also played the basic version of the game. And that was because neither of us had played it before. Um, the advanced version of the game gives you these cards with special abilities and the expansion apparently has alternative combat rules. So while the game is brilliant and people really enjoy it, a lot of people have said that the combat system from the expansion is much better than the combat system from the base game. But we wanted to try, we wanted to try just the base game the first time we played it. But I think having now read the rules for the combat from the expansion, even if I played the base game again, I'd probably use the new alternative combat rules from the expansion. Um, but yeah, definitely want to play more Star Wars Rebellion and yeah, hopefully we'll play it in person. Um, next up on the 5th of May, so I'm still struggling with COVID at this point, but I played Super Skill Pinball Star Trek. Um, now I'm actually going to be covering that tonight on the channel. So by the time this video log goes out, I will have done a live public stream of Star Trek Super Skill Pinball. But on the 5th of May, I set it up and I did a solo playthrough, which was Patreon only, um, because I wanted to play the game to learn it in preparation for tonight. So I would that's on the channel. Uh, that that was on the channel for Patreon supporters only. But don't worry, if you want to see one, I'll be doing one tonight. So as I say, by the time this video log goes out, there will be a live playthrough of Super Skill Pinball, the Star Trek version, on the channel. Me and Tom Heath are getting together tonight and we're going to be playing a two-player game of it. On the 6th of May, I had planned for friends to come round, but I cancelled that because of COVID. Um, and I did two solo playthroughs of Dead Reckoning. I did the first one in the afternoon for Patreon supporters only, which was me setting up the game with all of the cameras uh, and learning how the solo mode works. And then in the evening, the public stream, uh, Dead Reckoning solo. So again, that's on the channel now if you want to see that, the evening playthrough. Now, solo game... Paul's already talked about solo games in this video. What does he think about Dead Reckoning? The AI from Dead Reckoning, the solo mode in De the AI of the solo mode in Dead Reckoning was well, it was good, but it was less maintenance than, for example, Perseverance. So that it was at the upper limit of what I'm well, maybe not the upper limit, maybe a little bit lower. What I'm saying is, although there was an AI that you had to deal with it was relatively simple to resolve. You flip a card over, and then based on what turn number it is, the, uh, the AI picks up some advancements, moves its ship somewhere, and sometimes does some special abilities. It was clear, it was relatively easy to follow, and it does simulate another player in the game. So yeah, the solo mode for it, which was designed by John himself, um, is good and I would recommend it. Um, yeah, so that's the, that's the solo mode of, of, of Dead Reckoning. So I've now played Dead Reckoning as a multiplayer, and as a solo game, and although I messed up my multiplayer game, 
I've definitely got more of a feel about the game and it's not a game that I would say no to. It is a really good game. Finally, on the 7th of May, I did a rulebook playtest for Rebuilding Seattle. Now, Rebuilding Seattle, most people won't have heard about this because it's not even on Board Game Geek yet. It's a new game that's coming from WizKids later this year. Uh, and I was asked to do some rulebook consultancy on it. So they sent me the rulebook for the game. Uh, and whilst I didn't, I'm, I'm not doing a, I'm not like a rulebook writer or editor anymore. I offered to do some consultancy on it. Um, and I did have a number of bits of feedback and I rewrote a couple of sections. And I ended up doing some editing, which I didn't really, yeah, I, I said to myself, I shouldn't really do this. But once you've, once I've read through the rulebook and I know what's needed to make it better, it was actually just as easy for me to say, I would rewrite this paragraph like this and this one like this and this one like this, rather than saying, here's what I advise, now go and get an editor to do it. So I ended up sort of doing an editing job on the rulebook myself. They then sent me a new version of the rulebook and then I wanted to test it. So we got a tabletop simulator mod and I played a three player game with Mark and Jill. Um, and yeah, that was testing the rulebook and rebuilding Seattle is a solid game. So as I say, most people don't know about this yet. Uh, we're working on the rulebook uh, this week, hopefully finalizing this week and keep an eye out for it, but it'll be coming out later this year. I will be covering it on the channel at some point later this year. It's not gone to print yet. So it's going to be a few months before I cover it, but it's a city building tile laying game that plays really smoothly and has some really interesting mechanisms about the fact that you've got to increase the number of shops, entertainment and what's the third one? Food, restaurants uh, in your part of the city based on the population. So if you've got 12 population, you need 12 sources of entertainment, 12 sources of food and 12 sources of shopping. And if you don't have that, you're going to get paid less. But you also need to increase the quality of those things as well. And it's the balance between, well, I've got really, really nice shops, but I've only got three of them and I've got 20 population. No, that's not going to cut it. You need to balance the number of these amenities as well as the quality of them. And you've got various other things going on as well. But it's very much a, a polyomino poly game where you're taking these buildings and building them into your neighbourhood and everything else. So yeah, solid game. And that'll be coming out from WizKids later this year. That's it as far as the board games that I've played. However, there's been some online games that I've played. So Great Western Trail on Board Game Arena. Uh, the second edition of Great Western Trail is on Board Game Arena. It's a really good interface and Board Game Arena um, has been coming on in leaps and bounds over the last couple of years. And the, the Great Western Trail one has just gone live. Uh, it was in beta uh, for quite a while, but it has just gone available to the public, I believe. Um, so I've played a game of that on Board Game Arena and our tapestry tournament is going on as well. Uh, Brett has been helping organise a tapestry tournament for my patron supporters and I'm involved in that tournament. So I think one of my games finished and I think I won. Yeah, I think I won that one um, and I'm involved in another one now. Now, I really enjoy tapestry. I think tapestry is a great game and I really enjoy playing it. But tapestry for me fits in a small category of games where I might win, I might lose, I've no idea. I don't ever get any better at the game, I just play the game, I just do stuff. I never think of an overall strategy. I just play the game and I enjoy playing the game and then it spits out the numbers at the end and I've either won or I've lost and I don't really know what I'm doing and I just enjoy playing it. 
Um, and I think it's similar in a way to... There's a few other games like that where I just enjoy playing them, but I'm never very good at them. Um, I mean, even that game that I won, I didn't play that game any differently, I don't think. I don't make conscious strategic decisions about what I should do and long-term planning or anything else. You can do that in the game. I just don't. I kind of take each turn as it comes, but yeah. Um, but yeah, there's some other games that I've been playing online. There's been some other content on the channel as well. I did a computer game. So I, I, I do cover the occasional computer game on the channel. And there's a new computer game that's just gone into early access called Terraformers. Which, as, you, as, as the name might um, lead you to believe, it, it's about terraforming a planet. Uh, which planet? Mars. So yeah, basically, this is a computer game. Not based on any board game whatsoever. But you're terraforming Mars. Uh, and that's what the game is. And I covered it on the channel. It is in early access at the moment. So I've played it. Uh, they sent me a key. I wasn't paid to do the coverage. But I like those kind of computer games. So when they contacted me and said, we'd like to send you a Steam key if you'd like to show it on the channel. I'm like, yeah. Because this is actually the kind of game that I really enjoy playing myself. And when I'm at home, sick with COVID and can't really do anything else, why not? I did a live stream of me playing through it. So if you're interested in that, it's on the channel now. Go and check it out. Terraformers. Is, is the name of the video and as I say it is available early access on Steam at the moment. I will very likely not play the game again until they finished with it because whilst I did enjoy what I saw I'm more of a fan of playing games when they're finished after getting an early sneak peek of it because I can see the potential in the game but I don't want to keep playing it when there are versions which aren't quite the final version so I'm gonna gonna hang fire until the final version of the game is there. Um, I've also been playing a lot of Gwent recently. Now, Gwent is a card game. It's a digital card game that's available on Steam, uh, GOG for iOS, probably Android as well. Gwent is a fantastic game. Absolutely fantastic card game. Um, and, I, and I love playing it. And I did a couple of uh, videos. Again, they, they're not public, but they were for patron supporters only, just because I was here feeling sorry for myself. Uh, and I wanted to... I wanted to play some Gwent and to be honest me doing a live stream for patron supporters is kind of therapeutic for me. It makes me feel a bit more normal. A little bit why I'm doing this video log now. I'll get to the end of the doing this video log and I will feel so much better for having actually done it. So yeah Gwent is a fantastic game. I have actually covered it on the channel a couple of years ago I think um, but I've been playing a lot of that especially in my sleepless nights at the moment so yeah that's been great. Right I think that is all of the games that I've been playing since the last video log. Let's talk about next um, UK Games Expo. So UK Games Expo is coming up in three weeks time. Um, the next video log that I will do which will be for uh, June will be done after UK Games Expo. I will be attending UK Games Expo this year. If you are attending UK Games Expo, please come along and say hello. I will be at the CGE booth in the morning doing demos, but this is the first year where I am not the one running the CGE booth. So I've run the CGE booth at UK Games Expo for the last eight years or so now, but this year I've handed over responsibility of that back to CGE. So I'm going to be doing some demos of them uh, with them in the morning. Going to be demoing the new Galaxy Trucker game and the new Galaxy Trucker expansion, which isn't out yet. Um, but then in the afternoon and the evenings, I'm going to be pretty much free. And my plan is to meet up with friends and patron supporters, play some games and also just enjoy walking around the booths 
and talking to people that I know in the industry. Because previous years, I didn't have time to do that. And it's really strange and it kind of frustrates me in a way that I'm at this big event, there's these people who I know that I'm friends with and I don't actually get a chance to even speak to them because I'm busy running my booth, they're busy running their booth. So this year, I will have time to do that. Now, one of the things that I do want to mention is on the Saturday evening at UK Games Expo, I'm running a live show for charity. Tickets are on sale right now and ticket sales have been going slow. So I'm, I'm, I'm mentioning this now. If you are free on the Saturday night and you want to help raise some money for charity and you want to watch me making a fool of myself, watch me making a fool of myself, please come along now. There will be a link to this uh, in the description of this video and I'll put it on screen now but basically it's the Just One Show UK Games Expo event. You'll find it. If you do if you do a search for UK Games Expo Just One Paul Grogan that should find it. It's £5 a ticket. All money goes to charity so I'm not making any money out of this myself. UK Games Expo have very kindly given me a room for an hour and I said Paul you can have the room for an hour We'll, we will sell the tickets and all the money goes to charity. So yeah, if you are free on the Saturday night, I do need to sell more tickets because not many have sold at the moment, but please come along, buy a ticket, tell your friends and everything else. Basically what's going to happen is, it's going to be audience participation. Um, members of the audience are going to come up with the clues and then I will have to guess what word it is. That's basically it, but uh, a number of publishers and Asmodee have given me some prizes to give away. So we're going to be doing a, a raffle giveaway during the show as well. Uh, we're not going to take any additional money for that. Basically, if you've bought a ticket to the show, you automatically get entered into the raffle. By being in the room, you're going to get a raffle ticket and then we'll do a raffle draw during the show. So you, you're going to win some good prizes as well. Well, you might not win, but there's not going to be enough prizes for everybody. But yeah, please come along to it if you can. Right, Patreon update. So we are currently holding steady at just over 800 Patreon supporters. Now, I actually wrote this video log last week. So I was planning to record this video log about a week ago. Um, and the situation has changed a little bit in the last week. Uh, I've actually gained about five or six supporters in the last week or so. So I've had to keep updating this uh, document before filming it today. A big thank you as always to everybody who supports me on Patreon. Not just to everybody new, but also everybody who's uh, stuck with me. We are at the point now where my rulebook work is pretty much coming to an end. Um, and as I announced back in October of last year, my plans for this year were to cut down on the rulebook work, which will hopefully cut down on my workload and cut down on my stress. Um, but that means I'm going to be a lot worse off financially and I'm going to be relying more on the Patreon support. And thankfully the Patreon support um, is it, it's great. With, without it, I couldn't do what I do, but I want to focus more on producing more content that isn't sponsored, more more stuff that you want to see, more stuff that I want to play that isn't sponsored, so there's no pressure. Now, of course, in the last few weeks, I've been ill for various things, so I've not done as much as I'd liked, um, but that that is always the plan. So right now, uh, as of this morning, we are currently at 818 Patreon supporters, which is 11 up on where we were last month. So a few people have joined, a few people have left, um, but we are currently at net plus 11 positive. So yeah, thank you very much to everybody who's been supporting me, um, you know, since the start uh, and everybody who's joined me on this journey that I'm on. 
I'm going to put a up on screen now. This is a list of all of the new supporters that I got in the month of April. If you are one of those people who have started supporting me in May, your name will appear on next month's list because I, I do these lists at the at the end of the month. Right. Giveaway. Last month's giveaway was a big one. It was for a copy of Perseverance episode one and two. Uh, and the winner was Jim Alderson. So congratulations, Jim. Didn't even get all of the questions right in the contest, but got nine out of the ten right. Um, I've posted it off to Jim this morning. No, yesterday? What day is it? Wednesday, yesterday. I actually, so um, I, I, take, I, I take the package to a local shop in Columpton who does collections for the courier firm. And it's a big box. It's nine kilograms. And I took it all the way to the shop on Monday, only to find that the shop is closed on a Monday. So I came all the way back home again and then went all the way back yesterday. So I've had quite a bit of exercise uh, for that. But yes, thank you very much uh, to Jim for your support and congratulations at winning last month's contest. This month, I'm afraid there isn't going to be any giveaway. I've just not had the time to sort it out. It, it actually takes quite a bit of time to sort out doing a giveaway and, and all of that stuff and I'm just going to have to give it a break for this month. Um, I hope nobody supports me only for the giveaway. The giveaway is kind of just a, a little bonus that I like to give back um, but as I say it does take quite a bit of time to organise and I just some things have had to slip in the last few weeks and that's that's one of them unfortunately. Um, right what's coming up for the future? Well <sighs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully I will get out of the current situation that, that, that I'm in and start producing more content regularly. But saying that, tonight I'm doing Super Skill Pinball. So I'm saying tonight, knowing full well that this video log is very likely going out on Thursday of this week. Um, so yeah, it's kind of yesterday. If you're watching this video log on Thursday the 12th of May, last night I did a playthrough of Super Skill Pinball, the Star Trek version with Tom Heath. So me and Tom are getting together tonight and we're going to be doing a dual stream playthrough. So on my stream, you will see my board and Tom's board. And on Tom's stream, you will see Tom's board and my board. We've spent two hours yesterday working out the technicalities of exactly how we're going to do this. And I think we've found a way of doing it. So that's what's going to be happening tonight. If you're interested in Super Skill Pinball, I say tonight, as I say, that'll be on the channel if you want to watch it. Um, on Friday of this week, I'm doing Carnegie Day. So in the morning, I am getting together on Board Game Arena with uh, Tom and Def from Australia. Tom's from Bristol, Def's from Australia. They are going to be teaching me how to play Carnegie on Friday morning. I'm probably going to read the rulebook on Thursday night, but Friday morning, I'm going to be doing a playthrough on Board Game Arena. That will be available for Patreon supporters. I'll post it on the Slack channel. Then in the afternoon, Ben Filler comes over and we're going to be getting out Carnegie. I'm going to be setting it up, we're going to be setting up the studio, setting up all the cameras and I'm going to be teaching Ben how to play and we're going to be doing a two-player game of it. That again will be for Patreon supporters. Then in the evening of Friday, Mark comes over, Rob comes over, Ben's still here and we're doing a four-player playthrough of Carnegie. So I'm playing Carnegie three times on Friday and being taught it in the morning, then in the afternoon I'm teaching Ben and then in the evening there will be a four-player game of it on the channel. So if you are interested in seeing Carnegie, then that will be on the channel on Friday evening. It will be live or you can watch it back uh, at a later stage. Now, I know very little about Carnegie right now. I haven't even opened the box yet. But everybody I know who's, play who's played it 
has said that I'm going to love it. So I'm really looking forward to playing it. Um, and yeah, re- really, really hoping that it is my kind of game. Because, like I said, even Death This Morning said, at least you're going to love Carnegie because it's definitely your kind of game. And he knows the kind of games that I like. So yeah, looking forward to that. Next week, Kingdom's Dragons, new game from Richard Breeze. I say a new game from Richard Breeze. So in 1998, Richard Breeze designed a game called Kedom, which was generally regarded as one of the first ever worker placement games. It got re-released as Aladdin's Dragons in, I think, 2000 or 2002. And I remember, I think it was 2000, I remember, and I still have a memory of this, being at Essen in the year 2000, 22 years ago, and playing Aladdin's Dragons. I didn't know Richard at the time, I hadn't, yeah, I, 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 but I remember being there 22 years ago and playing Aladdin's Dragons. Anyway, Richard is updating the game and calling it Kedom's Dragons. So he's basically merged Kedom and Aladdin's Dragons together, called it Kedom's Dragons. It's back in the Kedom key universe, uh, and he'll be going to Kickstarter with it later on this year. But there is a copy on its way to me, and I've done a number of other videos for Richard, and I, I do enjoy his games. So that's going to be on the channel next Friday, I believe. Yeah, the 20th of May. So that's that will be live Friday the 20th of May in the evening, Kingdom's Dragons. The week afterwards, I have two videos booked in for the Friday the 27th. Now, one of them is Septimus, which is the new game from Mind Clash Games. That will not be going live to the public. So we'll be filming that on Friday the 27th, but that will be going live when Mind Clash Games want me to make it live, which will be basically just before the campaign starts, which I think is not that long afterwards. But in the evening of the 27th, I'll be doing uh, Amygdala, which is a new game from uh, Wolfgang Kramer and Michael Kiesling, published by Game Brewer. Looks quite nice. It's an abstract game, but it, it looks nice. Game Brewer contacted me about some games that they've got uh, coming up later this year and which ones would I like to cover on the channel. And that's the one that I chose to cover. So I hope it's good. I don't know. It has arrived. I haven't opened the box yet, but I'm going to be learning how to play it at the start of that week. And then that'll be coming to the channel. Uh, And then, as I say, we've got UK Games Expo after that. So that is a look ahead as to everything that's going to be coming to the channel. Well, not everything that's going to be coming to the channel over the next few weeks, because I actually hope I'm going to have time to fit some fun stuff in. Um... As I mentioned at the start, I'm going through a difficult time at the moment, and that's causing me quite a lot of, uh, of problems um, with getting the motivation and getting the energy to actually do something. And I'm, I'm really hoping that filming this video log and editing it this afternoon is a positive step for me in the right direction. Uh, but yes, I, I, I want to be doing more content on the channel. It's just a case of fitting it in. Now, one of the things that I am doing over the next few weeks is I'm going to be working on the weather machine video. So this isn't going to be a live video. This is a proper, full, scripted, filmed, edited, how to play video for weather machine. That's going to take me a lot of time over the next few weeks. Uh, and I probably won't get it finished this month um, just because I've, I've, I've lost two weeks because of COVID and everything else. So I am, I am very much behind schedule on that one. But hopefully I will get that video done before backers uh, get their copies. Right. The final thing to mention is these things that are sat here. Now, I don't generally do product placement on the channel and I don't do paid product placement on the channel. But, and I I do get quite a few emails from companies saying, 
we'd like you to show our product on your channel. Some of the products that I get asked to show are not ones that I would want to show on the channel. They're very unusual, like cooking utensils or something like that. Anyway, I do get quite a lot of emails and generally speaking, I say no, because I, as I say, I don't do product review videos and I don't really do product placement. However, I've made an exception this time. So these are from, uh, is it Archon Studios? I think it's Archon Studios. And they contacted me and they said, Paul, we've got some 3D terrain that we are making for role-playing games. Uh, they called it Pathfinder terrain, but as you can see here, there's two boxes. There's the Abomination Vaults, which says Pathfinder terrain. And there's also Dungeons and Lasers Dwarven Mine. So these, these are both from Archon Studios. And basically I've agreed, uh, even though I don't play role-playing games myself, I know people that do. So I've agreed because they look gorgeous. This is the thing. I went to their website, they look gorgeous, and I said, sure, if you want to send me a couple of bits of product, I will mention them in the monthly video log. I, I was honest with them. I said, look, I'm not going to do you a, a video especially for this because I don't do those types of videos. Uh, and then I will basically give them away to somebody. So I'm not getting anything out of this myself. I agreed to do it um, so that I can basically give, give some gifts away to friends of mine who I know would appreciate them. So I was just going to show some still images of these, but then when I opened the box, I realized that I'm going to have to, I have to do a video. So I've already opened uh, this one and I'm going to show you what you get inside. It's basically lots of plastic pieces that come on sprues uh, and you get quite a few in there. But as you can see, it is something that you're going to have to remove them from the sprues. And I tried doing this by hand and they're actually, it's really, really thick plastic. So you're going to have to be careful it's very much more of a modeling thing you're going to have to cut these from the sprues and, and then clean down the edges as you can see this is this is how they come supplied um, and you're going to have to well you don't need to paint them but they're going to look a lot nicer uh, painted so if i show you the back of the box well i'll show you the front of the box you can see you know what they actually look like when they're painted and i show you the back of the box there you go. That's what it looks like when it's all put together. Now the other one, so that's the Pathfinder Terrain Abomination Vaults. The other one, I've actually opened this up, uh, and I've started. I've, I've started taking out some of the some of the the sprues. Uh, and here's one I prepared earlier. Uh, famous words. So yeah, this is how you put it together. So basically, if I just take this apart, it is modular, so you can build this up however you want. What I've got here is I've got these plastic pieces. So you attach those to the bottom there uh, and then you can put the square bits on there for example like that and then you have these holes in in the middle now those holes if this is if this is one long corridor you can fill that hole with a bit of plastic they do come with those bits uh, or you can put one of these doors in so these doors are quite cool because what they are is they've actually they actually swing open like that so yeah now they will stick in properly i just i just did this very very quickly now, if you're looking at it and you're thinking, well, hang on a minute, why, why is that wall only half height? This is because it's half height walls. So if we just go to a side wall, for example, and again, it's all modular. So you put these clips on here and you do this before the game. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't do this at the start. And then the wall fits in there like that. So all the way around, it is a half height wall, except for where the door is. And, and what you would do is you, you would put walls all the way around and everything else. Again, if you look at the back, well, if you look at the front of this you see you see how it looks um, and then there's the back of it as well so I think basically there is enough content in here uh, 12 floors 30 walls 
for you to be able to create this much stuff. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's, that's what it all looks like. So one of the things that I don't know is how much these are. I, I have no idea how much they are. And as I say, I'm not saying that I'm, uh, as I, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with the whole idea of product placement, but as I say, if, if I can sort of mention these on the channel and then a friend of mine gets these that I just give them as a gift, then surely that's a good thing. Let me know what you think. If you don't like the fact that I've sort of done some product placement, even though I've not made any money about it, if you're not happy about that sort of thing on the channel, please let me know. Or if you're perfectly happy with it, let me know that as well. Because as I say, I'm kind of, I don't want to be the kind of person that does product placement, but if I'm not getting paid for it and all I'm doing is doing it so that I can give gifts to friends of mine, then no harm really, I guess. Anyway, we are all done. Thank you very much for bearing with me. Um, and yeah, I just got to say a big shout out to all of you who have reached out to me privately uh, and offered your support because some of you know what I'm going through at the moment with everything that's going on. And I, I really, even though I, I don't take you up on some of your offers of help, um, I, I really do appreciate the, uh, the offer. So yeah, thank you very much for that. I will see some of you soon. Well, I'll see some of you tonight in the live stream for Super Skill Pinball, but I'll see some of you in other live streams. Um, I will see some of you at UK Games Expo. Don't forget, if you can come to the charity event on Saturday night, tickets are available, need to sell some more, uh, please do so. But otherwise, if you're just at UK Games Expo anyway and you bump into me, I'd love to sit down, have a chat with you, play a game and everything else. That's everything. Thank you very much to all of my patrons supporters that fund the channel. And if you do want to support me directly, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash gaming rules. Until next time, take care and thanks for watching.